we're going to take summer off, and then we may or may not re-kick things off uh, in the fall. Just, you should. I know. But I want to go to some other classes. Uh, Franklin's going to take it. He's going to just take it and run with it, lick it in back there. He and his brother are going to do like this tap, tap dance. Um, so what I thought we would do is, um, because it's pretty heavily populated with Bridbrick team members today, um, so before we did any kind of review, anything at all, when you, when you think about this past semester, or if it like runs into other semesters, you're not sure what semester we're talking about, is what is one thing, now you can think of more than one if you're Captain Miller, okay, but if, what if there's one thing, oh wait, you've had kids, so, okay. What is this one thing you found interesting, new, challenging, confusing, life-changing, or maybe just plain dumb? You just went, ah, I don't know about that. So when you think about the past weeks and the different people teaching and uh, the different things that we've said, is there anything that kind of jumps out at you as, that was really a new thought for me, or that's really challenging, or I want to hear more about that. So the floor is open for thoughts. Someone needs to be brave. You're ready. Yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> um, I just think walking through um, forgiveness in that way was something that I, I hadn't really thought about or done before. Yeah. And so that's something that I'm, I'm trying to put into practice. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, what about that in particular was sort of new to you or? Just having a process, you know, it, in the past, it's always kind of been, well, I forgive you, or yeah. I forgive you. Um, I, I actually had a situation right before that class where someone was asking me, like legit asking for forgiveness for some things, and I, I was hesitant to say I forgive you because I said, I can say that now, and it's going to come back. Yeah. And I, you know, and then you're going to feel like I said I forgave you, but I didn't. Throwing it back in the face. And yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, just having that that process to really get at the, the root of it. Yeah. Rather than just kind of. Okay, uh huh. And that idea that there's always three people in any forgiveness. There's God. There's me and this other person. Right. And and there's this part that I I really want to work out humbly and honestly, and grant them the same mercy that I've been granted this way. Right. But then this part that lingers in me, I, I grant, I work this way with it, mm -hmm. right? It's like, God, I have forgiven them. Now there's still something in me, and I'm going to work, I'm going to give that to you. Until, until this is clean, then this can be clean, right? Then I can, start, I, can, I can start to look at them not through this grid of something they've done, but I begin to see who they are, who God sees them, and when I... How to say? It. Well, I can say it this way. So there's a this way and a this way, but when I work this way, he lets me work this way, mm -hmm. right? In other words, he yes. gives me his his view of that person, and when I see that person from here, mm -hmm. then it's easy, right? right? Then it's really easy. Yeah. Um, I. This is both easy and hard. Uh, the when I get upset 
bringing that back to the Lord and saying, okay, they did cut me off. But why am I ranting about it four minutes later? <laughs> <laughs> because they cut me off, dang it. You know, yeah. um, uh -huh. bringing that, um, so there's more situations, so, and, and doing the work in those situations, so the more you respond calmer throughout, I yeah. don't know. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Words are not my thing. <laughs> well, go draw a picture over there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just like yeah. the... Uh-huh. It, it's like... When I'm provoked, I have to ask myself two questions. Would Jesus be provoked about this, like the money changers in the temple? Then righteous indignation, heck yeah, right? But if I'm provoked and Jesus wouldn't have been provoked, then what is in me that can be provoked, right? Because because it's like a hook. It's like I can walk around and Satan goes, right? And, and so, I, so getting rid of those hooks in me, and so God uses other people to provoke us. God's instruments of provocation, you know, or something. <laughs> and and you, you eventually just go, okay, I get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to shut down. What I'm trying to do is to go the exact opposite way, but not blow up in anger but blow up in mercy, blow up in grace. Blow, I'm, I'm trying to become who I really am, right? And and what what we want to do is either get mad at them or shut down. And both of those, those are the two sides of the same strategy Satan uses against us, right? He doesn't care if you shut down and stuff it, but you blow up and destroy a relationship. He likes either one, right? He just can't stand it when it goes up and out and it's given to God. That, that really bothers him. <laughs> yeah, any other thoughts about the one or a thing? There may have been like seven things you thought were crazy, but um, is there any one thing that jumped out at you during this time? Yeah? I actually really liked or found it very thought provoking when um, you talked about how we unintentionally make vows or people don't like that other word. But oh, that was yeah. the. Um, the topic and and how we can just unintentionally give Satan a place to kind of attack us you know if we yeah. say well, I'm not going to do this then you know we have to be careful to you know ask the spirit to guide us in that area of life rather than standing firm that we on our own power aren't going to you know do something yeah yeah and the thing that somebody over here brought up it's like, well, really, do I really just have to, it's like, do I have to be on high alert, you know, am I just making missteps all day, every day? And God doesn't want us to walk like that at all. It's like, I think the analogy I use is, so I live in the world, okay? And, and in the world, there are billions and billions and billions of microbes, some of which can kill me. Um, but if I eat right, exercise, and don't do stupid things, I'm probably going to be okay. Um, now, there may be a disease that comes through or whatever. So, so I, I, Mike and I, we're, we're, we're comparing blood from our arms and bodies from working this weekend. <laughs> and, you know, I put Neosporin on it, you know, and, and I washed it. And I don't think it's going to get infected. In the same way, we can walk through the world and it takes 
both a misstep on our part and the demonic presence for something to start to get infected. But we, but as soon as we sense something's getting infected, I, it's like something just doesn't feel right about this, or why does this keep happening? Or, or a friend goes, why do you always say no, stupid, when you do something? Where did that? You know, all of a sudden you go, well, wait a minute, and and then this gives us a way to deal with it, be done with it, replace it with what's true, and move on. That's what I love about it. Is is it's not like well, I'm I'm working on on how I curse myself. Okay, why don't we just stop? You know, it's like, well, let's put an end to it. Let's stop it. We can stop it. Um, and 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 we can. He bore our curses. You know, I wondered that verse in, in Isaiah says he bore our curses, and you go, Bible talk. And also you go, no, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. If we could see with the eyes of God the activity of darkness around us, we go, man, there's a lot of it going on. You know, there's a lot. Of, I mean, just look in our society. There's a lot of it going on. Right? So, yeah, good point. That, that idea that, that these, we call them entanglements. I get entangled in a spiritual thing. You know, it's like, it's like I got involved in a gang, and I don't know how I got involved in a gang. I thought it was just, or let's say, yeah, I went on a website and was going to buy this thing, and now I'm getting all this trash, and I'm getting junk emails, and what what happened? Okay, that's almost like a good picture of what happens in the dark world. Yeah. Um, going back to something that you said about the darkness in the, in the world, and that sometimes we don't see it, um, I don't know if you've read the book um, This Present Darkness uh -huh. by Frank Peretti. Yeah. That, that really, that series really opened up my eyes. I didn't realize, um, and I know it, it's it's in like story form, so it's not like yeah. um, you know, it's it's just a story of a man's life. Yeah. And, you know this, you know, all of that. But that might be an interesting book to throw out there to. To, to take a, a look at because it opened up my eyes a lot to really what's going on that I never thought about growing up in my little sheltered world. Yeah. Um, it's not just a bad day sometimes. You know? yes, it's exactly. like, yeah, it wasn't just a happenstance. It wasn't, and I think we said Maybe Mike taught this, or Greg, somebody, one of the many teachers. But um, Satan actually doesn't care that much about us. What he, what he's, what frightens him is God in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? And so, one of the foundations of what we teach is that that the the strategy against us isn't random. It's not wheel of misfortune. Oh, I've got a car wreck. You know, okay, well we'll do that. You know, but but. Um, Ephesians 4 says that Christ measured himself out to each of us. Okay, metron. The word is metron. If you, if you read Ephesians 4 and then do the interlinear, because I'm, I'm such a great Greek scholar. But anyway, and, and you see the word measures used three times, and it says that Christ measured himself up, and when each part works within measure, the body measures up to the fullness of Christ. So it's like, let's say this for the whole body of Christ, and, and Jesus is here. And so he, he gives to each of us, says, none of you can be all of me, but all of you can be all of me. 
And so I'm going to give some of myself to each of you. And when you rec a recognize, begin to understand the part of me that's in you, and you will, it's like a North Arrow, <laughs> you kind of can't, you, you kind of, you know, if there's 17 things you could do, that one really sounds good to you. You know, it's that, it's that sort of a feeling. And when each of us work within that measure, then the world sees Jesus in the church. And it's pretty unstoppable. So the only thing Satan cares about is that measure in you. And so every strategy against you is to nullify or pervert that measure in you. Every strategy is. And when you begin to see, um, when you take a step back and you go, oh, you mean that, that, oh my God, you start to see it and it all makes sense. And then you begin also to see the measure in, in you. Um, because when you begin to see who you are in Christ, not just, I'm a son of God, but no, I'm an exhorter, or I'm a this, or I'm a that, then you can really choose wisely among the many opportunities you have to serve. And he'll take you from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Right? He, he does promotion, yeah. I have something I'm going to say, I'm not going to do seven, I'm going to do one, is the challenging piece. Um, I feel like my biggest challenge currently with, or my, what I want the most mm -hmm. with all of this is, is uh, practical ways to implement it within our young ones. Mm -hmm. um, the youth, whether that's teenagers or just my home or the youth group or a family camp in the fall or yeah. whatever it is, I feel like I feel a, a, a stirring and a challenge. It's been there that this is so huge and so gospel, yet so foreign to so many of us. Mm -hmm. That I'd love for my I'd love for the our youth to rise up knowing these truths mm -hmm. and being able to practice them secondhand. Yeah. Franklin's about to speak on that right now. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead, Franklin. Go ahead, Franklin. Anyone here but your house? Well, I, I heard Jen talk about it too. Uh, there you go, okay. <laughs> Everything goes back to Jen. <laughs> but I've expressed the same interest to you and Jen about just maybe like a section of with kids in the next spring prayer edition. And Jen's mentioned how her oldest is kind of the first one that she knows of that's kind of lived with this through childhood and yeah. about to be an adult. And, she, and you just mentioned that when he, when he kind of gets through have more life experiences to share how that can work. But I'm just with you, like I'll, that's kind of how I'll almost always slant it towards how can I use this with my kids or my team or my kids at school. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in that as well. What about if Jen and you and you wrote a book on it? <laughs> try it, keep trying it. Work, work on it, work on it, work on it. And, and then try it like <laughs> First Freedoms for Kids or something like that because I don't want it to be part of yeah. I, I would like it to be its own thing because you get bogged down in this book, but if that was focused right on that and everything was reinterpreted, mm. it would be it would be awesome. And there are a half a dozen people around the country in the Freedom Prayer Network that have really strong kids ministries. Mm. And so I, I I'm hoping someone will you know, I'll help you get it up on KDP publishing or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I, I'm really jealous for that to come out because uh, you know, you know, fairly thin doesn't have to be that fifty-eight thousand word non-fiction novel. It just can, you know. yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. One thing that has been so such a blessing in my prayer sessions is the drawing near and the whole listening side of prayer. 
um, which I don't think I was trained to do, you know, for a long, long time that came as an adult. And so just strengthening these muscles and their practical mm -hmm. application every week has been very helpful. Just, and it helps me remember to do that throughout the week, too, to listen more than I speak. Or, um, but being patient and waiting for him to speak is, you know, the, the challenge side of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is really good. I, I was, I had an experience yesterday where today my my super chef son is creating 17 Mexican dishes and all of our family's coming over and it's all like mezca something or other and crema something or other. I mean, it's crazy. He, he's like going over the top. And so I was going to clean the grill. Well, I wasn't going to clean the grill and I was out getting cobwebs down and I felt this clean the grill, clean the grill and I'm like, that's really crazy. I'm not clean. And I was like, Okay, and so just like in the book of Acts 15, when it says all of the all of the apostles and superstars said it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to clean the grill, you know, it's kind of it's kind of that kind of seems good to. And so I opened up the grill and took stuff out, and the the place where the gas went through fell, and the gas would have just shot out and filled the grill. In. It, it was rusted all the way through, and I was just like, what? Said, oh man, now I got to get a new grill. So I, I backed the pickup truck up, put you know, shoved it in the back of the pickup, went by the dump, pushed it over the dump, dented my truck on the side. I know, <laughs> my brother, I don't know, it's on my child. Um, and then I go to Home Depot, and I'm thinking, oh, I got to pick out a grill. And I literally walk in the door, and the guy is wheeling the grill up to the front door, one of the workers, and it's the grill I had. I mean, it's the newest version of it. I'm like, this easy, really? And I said, can you just push that up to my truck and get? And I did. I just bought it. He loaded it in the truck, and I went back with a new grill, just like the old grill, but new. And I'm just like, okay, God, you know, yeah. I mean, the dent truck was maybe Satan, but you know. <laughs> anyway, but it was just that feeling of, of okay, walk alert. Just stop. just walk over. Just in everyday life, and I, I miss a lot. I'm sure you don't know what you miss. You only know the good stories because you didn't miss it. But I'm sure I missed other. But yeah, that idea of just drawing near in—it's like Jesus set this bar that said, "I only do what I what I see the Father doing. I only say what I heard the Father say." And you go, "Okay, I I, I can." As I was sending you to the world, I'm sending you. Don't go anywhere till you're filled with the Spirit. The Spirit will take a mine and give it to you. And I only do still what I hear the Father saying. That's how the Trinity is set up. So, so Father to Jesus to Holy Spirit to me is a direct communication channel. Absolutely direct. So it's like, am I hearing the Father? Yeah, you're, you're hearing, when you hear God, you're hearing the Trinity. Right? It's, it's not like I don't connect with the Father. No, you're hearing the Father when you hear the Spirit. The Father said, clean your grill. You know, it's like, Dad. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I love that. But Jen really, Freedomper is going for quite a while, and then Jen said, you know, we need to really stress that connection part. And she's absolutely right, right on. That, that is the thing, that's the takeaway. If you don't have technique, but you have connection, works fine. Anything else that you saw, heard, or 
Yeah, I have a question as much as a like. I'm curious other people's experience. So, as a primary care doctor, I have lots of opportunity to hear people's troubles. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I have a great thing I could help you with. And all I can say is, you should call or email this person or go to our website. But how? In ten minutes, how do you do all this? How can you do a ten Talk minute, really fast. How can you do a three-hour <laughs> session in ten minutes? Or like, because some people would be. But there's times I just have this prompt. I would love to spend another thirty minutes mm -hmm. and say, "Can I help you get?" Like, yeah. when the fruits really when the fruit, when people want, yeah. and they know it's really not, you know, a chest problem. It's a heartbroken problem. Yeah, and or. And and I have, it's like I want to, I just can see how I could just spend time uh -huh. two hours with someone and they would want it, but I, I don't have that opportunity today or that's really not my role. Right. So, so the opportunity is one issue. The role is the other issue. So so you have to resolve the role issue before you resolve the opportunity right. issue. But I think you know you you can always just. I mean, it is my role to identify and yeah, and that's part of like. Through all this, I've realized that my gift of prophecy is to see this truth that they don't see yet, and I can walk them through. Uh -huh. oh, this isn't a brain tumor. This is anxiety and stress, and you have this yeah. loss or this yeah. lack or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes I can see, but I, but I can't always. Well, you could set up a. You could. I guess my question is: There are holistic practices here in town <laughs> where where you can do all three. Yeah. It, so there is. I just there, usually get in trouble for my nurse that I'm way behind. But. I know. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. There are holistic practices. <laughs> but I'm just like, how have y'all been able to take a 10 minute? You can do it. We have a drive-by. Right? Right? No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I, no, I, I wasn't going to talk about the 10 minute thing. But I was going to say if uh, if you have a space in your office, they can schedule time, and one of us can come. Who wants to do it? Uh, you know, the, either the next, you know, because uh, that way we can respond, or uh, you can schedule out where you do have more time. You can prescribe a freedom press session. Or Matt, would you and we have, can come and do I it actually have done that a few times. But. Would you have time to, if you know they're a Christian, to help them just connect with the Lord in your office? Because you can do that. Yeah. They give them a place yeah. to at least go home and see the Lord and explain to them how they can ask him questions. Mm -hmm. That might be a good thing. There, there is that we we've taught the down front prayer time, and I don't know if we we taught it here, but it's like okay, because most churches like we met, so fun. We met with the, the largest church in Clarksville, and they're all in. They're like the head pastor and the next guy, and they're like. And the ethos, one of the ethos pastors came over and just, we're like, what? I mean, he was just saying what, how it changed his life, and the head pastor's going, okay, let's start the fall. <laughs> it was just like, crazy. But, but one of the things was, was how do we do this down front at a church service in 10 minutes? And there is a version of that, um, and kind of wording for it, where there's, okay, the, what is, you say, Lord, what is the one thing, it was absolutely... Let's connect with God and ask Him about this one question. And let's hear something on just that one thing. And then you pursue that. And here's a place you can go to follow up on that. But there's kind of the one thing sort of approach. We can talk about it. By the way, there is a. We even did a pamphlet sometimes. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's really good. Another thing you can do is just ask them to draw near 
when you know it's something so obvious and, and just have them do the repeat after me prayers. Jesus, you know, when was the first time I experienced this? Jesus, what what do you lead me to do? Just a simple Where does this come from? Show yeah, me. yeah, and, and, and yeah, what can I do to address it? And that can that's kinda of like a little ten minute I call it the restaurant one. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't do when you're feeding somebody for lunch, yeah. you know, for lunch or coffee in a public place you can't get into it. But what you can do is just ask the basic questions. I've had people say I've asked people say, Well, have you asked Jesus? And they go, Well, well no. <laughs> you know, like that's such an obvious thing to do, but they don't think about yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, those are great questions. And really, really all of us don't have the machine gun of people walking into our lives, but all of us have drive-by conversations with people we know are hurting. I mean, Jesus did. If you if you read the Gospels, he says he says Nathaniel, he goes, Oh, behold a Jew in whom there's no guile. Nathaniel goes, How the heck did you know that? And I'll follow you anywhere. <laughs> he just he goes, Zacchaeus, I will come to your house tonight. Woman at the well. He desires people to worship in spirit and truth. By the way, he had seven. You know, it's like, it's like he does little one, and and their lives change because it just goes sing right to the, right to the place. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, um, just for us generally, um, that would be dealing with an issue. But the positive side of that is what we call New Testament prophecy, which is. Ex- exhortation, consolation, edification. Hey, you see somebody, uh, I did this uh, Thursday at work. I just was walking by an office and I went, you know something I love about you? I've been meaning to say for the last three nanoseconds. And I just I just share something and they just tears just start going down their cheek. They said, oh, thank you. And I thought, how easy is that? What did you say? Exhort, console? Yeah, First uh, Corinthians fourteen. The three words it, it gives the, the three kinds. The, the words are really amazing words for New Testament prophecy. This is we're all supposed to do this, right? And it's but but the one who prophesies does so for exhortation, consolation, edification. Uh, so uh, let me see, edification. Oike domo, build the family house. Is the word oike domo, build the family house? Consolation is paramuthio. Para, alongside Muthio, whisper sweetness. And then uh, exhortation, para, alongside Kaleo, to call. Holy Spirit's called the paraclete, the parakaleo, the one who comes alongside and calls uh, encouragement. It's based on uh, Greek marathon runners. The end of the marathon, they had the parakaleo, a designated person who would run next to them and call, you can make it, you can make it, it's only another furlong, you know. <laughs> yeah, and so we're, we're to do that, we're called to do that in each other's lives. Uh, you can give me preaching on But Ephesians 4 says, the thing that builds the church isn't good preaching, not good teaching. It says, speaking the truth one to another, we're to build the church. And that's what we do. We, we prophesy, but New Testament prophecy isn't, thus saith the Lord, a tall dark stranger shall encounter you, hence on Thursday the 15th. No, it's none of that, it's just, you know, when I saw you, I just had this thought about you that I really loved. Or, I know you're going through a hard time. I just want, I just want you to know I love you and I think the world of you. And, and I just, I've been praying for you. You know, just that. Those sorts of easy things. Is that the, are you saying in 1 Corinthians 
14. 14 to where mine says strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Are those yeah. the same three, uh -huh. but yours is? Yeah, but the one who prophesies speaks to men for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. and comfort. Yeah, and that's New Testament prophecy. It's like, oh, I can do that. Good, you're a prophet. You know, good, you're a New Testament prophet. It's 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 a whole different world. They use the same word. I don't know why, but they do. Yeah. Other thoughts? I knew I would need no slides today. I have them, of course. Any other thoughts? Questions? Yeah. I want to go back to the uh, idea of forgiveness, which several people have mentioned. It just uh, so happens that in I don't know last month or so, I've had these opportunities to recognize that I thought I had forgiven, but those same things came up. And we had one recently, it was just, it sounds dumb, plain dumb, but uh, a longtime friend turned us down for some request. And he had a reason for it, a logical reason. And then later on, it's just, this is the way it happened. Uh, his grandson sent us a letter, a graduation letter, so we sent them money, which I had been requesting Anyways, so I'm thinking, okay, I, I understand. Uh, we've known him for 40 years. I understand it. Uh, I uh, recognized why he didn't, and I knew his background and why, you know, how things he struggled with. I, I, I intellectually, I knew it all, yeah. and I went, you know, through the steps. I listed it and all that. And then, when I thought I was done, we got ready to write the check. And I'm thinking, oh, I wonder what he'll think about this. <laughs> and then I realized, just like that, I wasn't done. Yeah. And so, you know, so many of us struggle with this idea of really going through those steps. Yeah. And just when you think you've done it, you haven't. But, you know, it's like, I guess you've got to dig a little bit deeper. And, yeah. you know, yeah. do so, it again. So let me say a word about that. Um, just my experience personally and praying with people. If Satan were to provoke you with someone, if he just does it a shallow one-off and you forgive, you're done, that's not very time efficient for him. But if he can provoke you with something that goes really deep into you, then when you do the one-off forgiveness, this thing has provoked deeper and you've forgiven this deep, but it's provoked something way down here inside of us. And so when, when, I, when I feel it again and again, and I go, yeah, but I've done the business, you go, okay, Jesus, what is it that's deeper inside of me? A sense of betrayal, a sense of fairness, a sense of, what is it that I was hurt in a much deeper way? And this is just one example of a deeper wounding. Will you show me? Then it's like, Drilling the cavity, you know anything about drilling the cavity? <laughs> but it's getting to the root, you know, it's getting all the way down, pulling, doing a root canal, almost a forgiveness root canal. Um, so I find if, if, if something, it's a, there they are, now they're that person, I go, okay, Jesus, they're not that person, so what is inside of me that's being provoked still? You know, this just, it just hit a nerve. It's like you're a landmine waiting to be stepped on. You know, everything else is fine, everything else is fine, and then your mate or some friend does something, and kaboom! And all of a sudden, they're paying the price for somebody else's violation of you. Right? And so we need to see, okay, why is that landmine there? Freedom Prayer is really good at, you know, people. Yeah? Um, this just came to mind. Um, sometimes when you're the person 
that the landmine has blown up on, realizing that it's not about you, which yeah. is why they, because that happens to me sometimes, I'll get into a situation, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but realizing it's not me, that's them, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I've, I often pray God demagnetize me. I don't want to be repelled nor attracted. I just want to know, Lord, what do you have in this situation? And they can blow up. They can, you know, give you the finger in a traffic stop. And it's just all kinds of stuff. And you just go, oh, what is it, Lord? You know, not to be provoked. If there's something in me that can be provoked, then it becomes my issue. But if there isn't something, then it's like, okay, Jesus, is this one of those money changers in the temple? I'm kind of hoping. <laughs> I know. It almost never is. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, anybody else with a modern question? It's been really good. I just think for life changing, just the way you ask questions, and I've never, before this class, I, or for me and you, I never asked Jesus uh. as simply and as kindly as you taught us, like, Jesus, would it be okay? Yeah. I mean, it's you know, if you had that absolute best friend and you say, is it okay if I share this pain with you? They're like, I'm canceling everything. <laughs> you know, I'm canceling everything on my schedule. What kind of coffee do you want? Let's go. I'm all yours. I mean, that's how we see God. Because he looks at your heart and oh my gosh. You know? I always just thought he was too busy. You know, and... Right, because somebody else good. in your life was too busy yeah, too. Good. Yeah, you're first world, you're fine. But just to know that he's there that's the joy of being omnipotent and omniscient. He can be there only for you to a hundred billion people all at the same time. And he's not diminished in the least. You go, I like that God. That's way better than like, like if Jesus stayed on earth, I said, why didn't Jesus just stay? Because he'd be in Zaire today and we'd be here watching him on remote TV. But he's here today. Right? It's like, oh, it's way better you Okay, I get it. Anything else? Any questions, thoughts? Yes, I see you in the I was just going to say, I learned from a, a class, I don't know, several years ago at Otter Creek that um, <laughs> talked about, you know, you had mentioned not being important enough, or he's, he's worried about world wars and other stuff and a lot of stuff and God. And, um, if somebody just drew a line on the chalkboard and said, you know, this is our timeline and God is up here. He didn't live in a timeline. So that's how he can be in the past and the present and the future. So he is, he has all the time in the world because he doesn't live in, in time. So whatever your small problem is, he's got it covered. Just let him, you know, just open up and, and talk to him. So, just don't feel insignificant, I guess, is 
what I learned from that. Yeah. I mean, Jesus said crazy things like, every hair on your head is numbered. I'm not that much trouble, by the way, but he says, every hair on your head is numbered. Why would he care? But Jesus is making the point, nothing is too small. He numbers your hairs, he numbers the galaxies, and they're the same. They're, you know, he knows the atoms. It's like, got it, okay. Yeah. Just one more thing to like about it. Anything else? Any other thoughts about what we've covered? I learned a lesson. Sorry, I have to speak again. No, no, you get, you get two. <laughs> the one, no, sorry, I said that one. Um, the uh, stop when you need to stop, like in a prayer session or what mm -hmm. have you, like fruit may appear to be ready, but if I'm not ready to go there, then yeah. it's time to stop and let it, I mean, not I, but or whoever is the mm -hmm. recipient, me or someone else. Um, because I'm a dive in deep and let's get it all done. And, yeah, one um, and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't like to drag things out, but I think that that was a helpful thing for me to hear. Just there's, there's a season yeah. for waiting. It's really part of our culture of honor. Yeah. You know, it, it's just so important that the person goes, you won't make me do anything that I don't sense God drawing me to do. Yeah. I trust you. You're safe. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's. I mean, so I can be pretty intimidating, and have been much of my life. And then I began to learn this. And at some point, people with dissociative identity disorder, lots of little girls inside, started to just love me and want to hang out with me. And I said, "Okay, I've, I've made it. You know, I've, I've I've become safe. I don't know how, but somehow Jesus just said, you 'You're safe now. You're okay.' And it was like." So we had three different ones live with us, and it was really fun. I mean, it was it was a challenge, but it was really fun to just be a blessing. I, I found that very true at the beginning of the prayer session when we tell people one way of honoring you is that we're not going to go anywhere you don't want to go. We won't talk about anything you don't want to talk about. And the look, on, you can just see the look on their face go, oh, good. I don't have to go there, and then later on they go there. <laughs> but, but they know that they're, we're not going to try to push them yeah. into places they don't. And a, a couple of weeks ago, I had a person, I brought something up, and they said, I don't want to talk about that. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And we went on to yeah. something else. Yeah, there's a time and a place for everything. Right? And, and even though it's killing them, you go, they don't know what's killing them. Or maybe they're not ready. Yeah. But that's, I mean, maybe it's a, a if you sense any reservation, just say, yeah. I'm sensing this is something that's there. Are you ready to go for it? And if they say no. Yeah. Well, I, I've learned that unless they are interested, you're wasting your time because they're not going to listen to you. And even if you tell them things mm -hmm. they understand, they're not going, they're not yeah. ready to move in that direction. Let me take the last, unless somebody says, oh, oh wait, I was being shy. It's your chance if you're being shy. I didn't want to just talk back up to you talking about listen to the Holy Spirit, what he, what he wants to say to people and the prophetic. And we did something, an activity kind of after the training as the, as the ministry was being started our retreat where you and Jen had us in a circle and one person in the middle of the circle and then just not all at once turned into him and asked him the Holy Spirit what he wants to say about them. Yeah. And that just has stuck with me that it's, you know, one person would describe one image they got, it's two other people would say kind of similar things, then the person in the middle could say thank you and sit down, or they could say 
well, that would address a negative. Yeah. And it just kind of made it clear that like we all have this inside us. And so in conversations and things now, it's like when I don't have a lot of time to try to yeah. just ask that to the father while I'm talking to someone. It's just me. Yeah, there's an exercise document on freedomprayer.org that's free about how to stir up the prophetic in you if you want to go get it. It's biblical. It's just a very simple way to do it. I'm going, I'm going to um, just do this because this is like the summer slide for our class. So, so we, um, we talked about Romans. We have past tense. See, see the dad jokes in there? Okay. So, past tense, Romans 1 through 7. Future perfect, um, Romans 9 through 13. And we're right here, present, I was going to use participle, but paraclete, present paraclete, where um, we then, in Romans 8, have, we talked about three things going on in Romans 8 that are all part of it. Most of our questions were about freedom action. But I want to make sure that we get the other ones here. So, a freedom mindset. The mindset of the spirit is life and peace. And in our class, I know Mike talked about some of this, I've talked about some of this, but we have a three-part makeup, body, soul, spirit. And the mindset and the spirit, nobody knows if that's big S or small S, but what everybody does know is, is set your mind on the source of the river that flows out of you. Okay? So so when I'm when I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you, not figure it out, right? And we talk about three kinds of people. Sarkikos are flesh-driven. We all go, no, it's not me. Psychikos are really smart people who figure things out. And the church generally goes, yeah, we take Bible, we exegete the Bible, we use Bible scholars, we learn the ancient languages, we can, we can speak this thing in Aramaic if we need to, and we all go, ooh, 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 and the host is going, oh, no. Your mind is to be the servant of the Spirit, right? So... Um, the the uh, pneumaticos is who we want to be. And it says that the psychicos, the brain Christian, thinks the pneumaticos Christian is foolish. It's right in scripture, and yet psychicos churches talk about Pentecostals as if they're foolish, 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 and there's probably a lot there. But don't they know how scriptural that is, that they're doing that? <laughs> Not in a good way, but it's scriptural, okay? And what born again means, that my spirit comes alive. Well, then we talk about freedom connection. And again, this is Romans 8. Now that I realize everything Christ has done, three things happen in the present. A freedom mindset sets me up to walk this way. A freedom connection is that whole drawing near to God thing that we talked about, right? So, so I'm, my focus now is on the Spirit. Now I need to learn how to draw near to God. And we talked about um, the eyes of your heart and interacting with God and what is my impression of God the Father? If he's scary, then it's hard to draw near. Um, so Jesus will take me, you know. And, and we, so we talked about, about how that connection works. We talked about the three screens inside of us um, and how we can be led by the screen of, of imagination and intuition, um, revelation. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened, that you might. And then he lays out everything you'll ever need as a Christian. And he says... <clears throat> Those come to you, this is Ephesians 1, those come to you because the eyes of your heart are enlightened. And the word enlightened means the light shines from underneath. Right? Okay. And then we talk about freedom action, and that is um, if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the Sarkikos Christian, 
And we talked about all the tools we have, the four ways we get in trouble and Fruit Loop and the chart, the chart from heck. I should come up with a better name. <laughs> Catherine, give me a better name for that chart. Um, and Mike, Mike uh, walked through an issue last week just showing us how we kind of walk through issues. So all three of these are really important to us. Um, end of Romans 8 is all about the future and your new body and crazy good stuff, future perfect side of the world. So thank you so much. This has been this has been good for me. This is provoking me to write a book about this because at least three people said, have you got this all written down somewhere? And I'm like, maybe. So I have to retire. I have like four books inside. I even had a writing coach say to me, when are you going to write? I know. Stop. Write. So um, if... If you do want to connect, I do write a lot on Facebook. Um, so if you want to connect, there's Bleats or just Andy Reese on Facebook. I try to write something every morning on there about connections with God or something like that. So let's just close in prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the hearts in this room. Thank you especially for your heart for us. Lord. Father, I pray that the things that, that you said in here, that, that they would because they're words of life, that they would be like a seed planted that just grows and grows and becomes like that mustard seed, uh, the largest thing in, in their lives, in, in my life, in our lives, would be you in your presence. So we ask you for that. Amen. Amen.